This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the NBA Morning Deuce. Friday's Friday, March 19th. It is Alex's final deuce for a week. Don't get scared, people. (laughs) Well, that's true. We do have some pretty exciting guest hosts lined up for next week. I got three lined up right now. Still in the market for two more. If anybody listening to this wants to be a guest host and and you're interested, uh, Alex is on vacation next week. And... We couldn't have, I don't think we could have really asked for a better night of basketball to be your last night or for a week because this is, we've talked about this a couple times this year. This has happened a couple times where we come into the night, six game slate. None of the games are that attractive. You look at them before the game start and you're like, it's okay, it's fine. I mean, it could be good or it could be a terrible night of basketball. And outside of Atlanta OKC, which also has huge storyline implications just within that game. Every game has been super exciting. There's been seven, seven 35 plus point performances tonight. LeBron, who is currently still playing as we're recording against the Hornets, who the Lakers are up eight with eight minutes left. So anything could happen in that one. LeBron has 31. So that'll be eight 35 point games, four 40 point games. One of the best performances by a young player in NBA history, single game performances. Two game, two teammates scoring 40 points in the same game. And another game where two players had 40 on opposing teams. And also in that game where the players had 40 on opposing teams, there was a 35, 15, and 13 triple double. It's just numbers out the wazoo. This is one of those nights where I felt like I didn't have enough eyeballs to keep track of all this shit. Like I was watching good games and then I'm missing Anthony Edwards going absolutely ballistic. But, this uh, is, let's, let's get into it. Yeah, well, this is also one of those nights where it blows my mind. Blows my mind. I will never understand it. It will. And I get the NCAA tournament. I get the allure. The, it's tradition. The games matter now. Teams get knocked out, all that bullshit. But how people can be out here, like, talking about how fun Norfolk State versus bumfuck nobody was because they won was a 50, good game. Yeah, that was a 54-53. When you could be watching Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns both go for 40 in a game against the hottest team in the NBA, the Suns, while Devin Booker is on the other side going for 35. Anthony Edwards finishes with 42, the third youngest player in NBA history to score 40 in a game. 
I saw that right before we hopped on. I saw that number. Unbelievable. The other two, the two youngest, LeBron James and Kevin Durant. Mm, the guy company. that he passed at four, Carmelo Anthony. I mean, what are we talking? How could people possibly be watching college basketball when this shit's going on? I just don't no, get I mean, it. The bumfuck nobody's play an exciting brand of basketball, though. I mean, they're a 12 seed this year, but but it's just crazy. Pretty good. It's yeah. just great. You could name you could name outside of Michigan State and UCLA because I just got an alert. You could have named six other teams playing tonight in college basketball, and I wouldn't have been able to. I wouldn't have been able to say no, they're not. I did see. I did see the, some of the scores. There's eight teams playing tonight. Five of them didn't even score 60 points. <laughs> so it's my brand of basketball, man. I just like, but, you know, but it's teams slapped in the floor. Yeah. Um, really short three pointers <laughs> sticking Cade Cunningham at the 10 o'clock game. It's great. People genuinely are like, it's better. Cause it means more. It doesn't matter that the basketball sucks mm-hmm. and you could be watching the night, uh, a night of basketball in the NBA that pretty much shows why this league is so incredible, even during the regular season. Just the perf- the individual performances, how anybody could watch the NBA on a night like tonight and be like, I don't like the one-on-one, and I wish it was more like team bats. Shut up, man. Like, it's crazy how good yeah. tonight was. Um, and we'll start with that, the, the T-Wolves. Anthony Edwards is and I texted you this, but I'm seeing it all over Twitter now too. This Anthony Edwards Lamelo Ball thing is going to be a legit race now. The way he's playing, he's averaging. So he had 42 tonight, as we mentioned, or as I mentioned, third youngest player ever to score 40 points. He's averaging 30 points a game since the All Star break. It's unbelievable. He's That's playing. Ridiculous. And the reason. I, I mean, we know he's hot as hell, but like you can also tie it to this coaching change, you know? So like, I'm assuming they're doing you, something well, different. You could, but they also lost their first seven. Well, when, with the venture. Yeah. Before yeah. the break. I mean, maybe they're just more comfortable mm-hmm. within what his system is now. Cause he's been there for a little bit, but they did. He wasn't doing this right off the bat. Right. This has been since the break. He's just well, taken yeah. it to another level. Him and cat looked in this game, and again, this is against the Suns. Mm-hmm. They beat the Suns 123-119 in Phoenix. Uh, what's, can you look up what are, what's what's their record now since the break? They've played five games. How many have they won? Three uh, the of, Suns they're they're three and two? No, the T-Wolves. T-Wolves are, yeah, three and two. So they're three and two since the break. They beat the Suns, who are one of the hottest teams in the NBA, who, you know, we everybody who listens to this knows how I feel about the way they're trending. And they overcome Devin Booker having a 35 point night and mm-hmm. Chris Paul playing really well. Uh, they looked unstoppable. They looked like the way people talk about Jokic and Jamal Murray, that two man mm-hmm. game, like when, when it's rolling, that's the way Kat and Anthony Edwards looked in the fourth quarter tonight. I don't know that's about the first half. Tough. I only watched the second half, but it was. Crazy. Anthony Edwards scores in a lot of different ways and he is so athletic and his confidence level is so high right now. And I think it's rubbing off on cat because cat has a little bit more swag than I'm used to seeing him have too. Uh, it's pretty crazy how much this team has changed in just five games. Yeah. And 
I mean, we're assuming they're going to get some some reinforcements soon, right? With um, Malik Beasley. I mean, how, how long is he out for? Do you know? Um, D'Angelo Russell. But like, yeah, this kind of points exactly to what we were saying about strength of schedule midway through the year being a shit show because like right. you don't want to play the Timberwolves right now. Oh, my I mean, God, no. Yeah. Cat uh, was just draining down threes. They also like end a game. Obviously, I mean, we know how skilled he is, but like, they, I think that there was a point where they were down two and they just ISOed him on eight and uh, at the three point line and he just went right by him, got fouled. Yeah. I mean, it's just like he, he was two assists away from a 40 point triple double, too, man. Like, he, he did everything tonight. Yeah, he was all over the place. He, I mean, and you could just see it. Like, at the end of the game, they were up three, they fouled Sarge. Sarge missed the second free throw intentionally to try to get the ball back. And Cat, who is not known, I mean, he gets, he rebounds, but he's not known as like a defensive guy or like an mm-hmm. energy guy on that end. He was like throwing people out of the way to get that rebound and was screaming when he got the rebound and they called time. Like you could just see there's a different energy level with this team. Right. And I honestly, obviously, Chris Finch is a lot to do with it. The coaching staff has a lot to do with it. I think they're feeding off Edwards. I think the way the kid is, because we've talked about it, he's been this way all year in terms of his energy and his attitude and the way he just seems like he's happy to be playing. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that, as we've mentioned, they love playing with him. They could, you could clearly tell the teammates like him, players like being around him. And now that they probably every day watch him in practice and they go, God, this kid's going to be good. Every day they're probably like, this kid's a beast. Mm-hmm. And now he's doing it. And they're probably like, we got a chance here. Like, we got something cooking. Mm-hmm. And this, I mean, to do it against a team like this, you're right. The Suns are so good. I mean, you know, they're not fighting for the playoffs or anything, but they're definitely like well, yeah, playing no, for it, what, what they can look like next year. And, and it's absolutely. exciting. And, uh, well, I, just seeing what, just seeing that we know Cat is one of the most talented players in the NBA, but there's always been the question of, how badly does he want to be like the alpha? Does he want to be the best player? And he's never really had another guy other than Jimmy Butler. And they were pretty good with Jimmy Butler. Um, but he's never had a guy like this that could ultimately become that guy. All right. And this is the real deal, I think. I really do. And Anthony Edwards has taken some heat this year, not from us, but he just his numbers were no good the first half of the season. And but he looks like inefficient. A they were inefficient. Yeah. yeah. Well, if he keeps scoring like this. The problem becomes LaMelo did so much good work the first half of the season mm-hmm. and they're a playoff team at the moment. Like if he's starting on a playoff team and just stays consistent, I'm not really, he's probably still going to get it because people yeah. love LaMelo, but Edwards is, if he keeps playing this way, he's going to, he's going to be close. He's going to get a lot more votes than he would have. Yep. And I think he firmly, he may have already knocked Tyrese Halliburton out of that conversation. I think so, yeah, especially with how, yeah, I mean, right. the Kings are a complete mess. It, he's not bad, but just... No, he's having a great year. Yeah. They're the fifth duo since 2010 to score 40 in a game. Who was the last one? Do you know, I was look, So it I was, was looking this up, and it turned it out I was... Kawhi and Paul George. Oh, okay. Uh, so KD and Russ did it. Paul, uh, Paul George and Kawhi. I think LeBron and Kyrie, maybe. And then Cat and Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> that, that's pretty funny, yeah. So I can't can, believe Wiggins topped forty. I guess he had some good. I think he's had. Scoring I think games. he's had a couple of those. Yeah, but it that game was so fun. The whole fourth quarter was fun. 
because well, just watching those two and then Booker just coming back at them all game. It was just, that was a fun game. And then all the other games were fun tonight too. So uh, let's see, let's start, let's go to Washington, Utah, because not only was this like a fun, it was a fun game just in terms of scoring wise and the performances, but this Utah thing is starting to get real. Yeah. Right. This is the early game that I watched. Did you watch this game or you? Were you I watched, I watched the second half of this one too. They lost. So Washington won 131, 122. No Mike Conley. Jordan Clarkson had probably his worst game of the year. Two for 11, seven points. Yeah. But they got 34 out of Joe Ingles and 42 from Donovan Mitchell. But it, <laughs> the Wizards got 43 from Brad Beal and a 35, 15, and 13 triple double from Russell Westbrook. Uh, the, the jazz, you could point to a couple, I mean, you could point to Clarkson having a bad game because if he has a, even a decent game, they probably have a shot to win this. No, Mike Conley has been one of their best players, but they're losing games. This mm-hmm. isn't, they're not three and five in their last eight. Um, so it's, an, it's yeah, they're starting to regress. And to me, I don't know if it's something they need a break or something, but there's something wrong with the defense. Like this isn't a game where the Wizards, you know, go crazy with three-pointer. They only made seven three-pointers and they put up 131 points. Like that's that's remarkable, especially when you've got Rudy Gobert. Um, so they were just doing whatever they wanted in the paint, which is crazy to me. So I know that the Jazz are on this, this like East Coast swing. So maybe they just need to get off this thing. I mean, they've got a couple more games on the East Coast, but they don't look right. They look their defense, which is the last thing that you would expect to to sputter because of Gobert, yeah. looks like dog shit. Yeah, but as good as Gobert is, and he's obviously incredible, he can't do it himself. He can't be the. You can't have just one great defensive player, and your whole defense is good. And none of these other guys are that great of defenders. We've, I mean, we talked about that. Uh, Joe Ingles is slow. Bogdanovich is slow. Donovan Mitchell is not known, and he's a little bit undersized for a for a point, for, especially without another point when he's at the two. But And then Royce O'Neal is a good defensive player, just good, not great. So I would imagine, you know, you know they're also – if you once you start getting Rudy Gobert away from the rim a little bit, putting him in pick and rolls and whatnot – I'm sure it's it's harder to guard that team guard because they they just don't have a great defensive team and then you lose a guy like Mike Conley and then now you're when you're the Jazz you're running into the same situation that I see with Boston which is look at that bench mm-hmm. that bench is not light. good yeah it's pretty light like when you're bringing Clarkson's going to play this bad when you have Clarkson and Ingles coming off the bench and Derek Favors is pretty good. That's good. You could go eight-man rotation. And in the playoffs, you're probably only going to play around eight guys, so that's fine. But if the only player coming off your bench playing heavy minutes is Jordan Clarkson, and then you're going Derek Favors, George Niang, it's not It's not going to cut it. Yeah. Yes, so, I mean, especially when you already don't have a star. Yeah, like you just don't – You, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like a uh, – like You don't a, have a superstar. Superstar, top level, whatever. But mm-hmm. that's – so yeah, it's good. they've got Toronto. Is that tomorrow? Yeah, they've got Toronto tomorrow night or tonight, depending on when you're listening to this. And 
I, I, I think they might have a, like a serious skid on the way here just because they just don't look right at all. And they've got Toronto, Chicago, Brooklyn, two against Memphis. So things might get a little tighter uh, top, at the top of the West. It's already pretty tight, right? Yeah. Uh, They're only two games up in the Lakers. About to be one and a yeah, half. Yeah, Phoenix blew it, losing to T-Wolves tonight. They, they mm-hmm. would be... They would be 27 and 12. They'd be a game and a half behind yeah. Utah for the for the one seed. But yeah, I mean it's gonna stay tight with those teams. Lakers are still playing right now. They're up now. They're up now. What just happened to my scores? They're up. They're yeah, they're up 99 with three minutes left. So they're gonna win. Um yeah, I, I don't disagree. but I I this is not. The defense, the lapse in their defense is not good, and it's it is surprising. But they also were so good in the first half; it just seemed like only a matter of time before this happened. So yeah, well, it's not I, overly I, surprising that they're starting to lose games now because they weren't going to win sixty games. Well, I'm just surprised they they lose like this to the Wizards, who have lost five straight. Um, have not looked good since the break, and then they go wild for 131 without shooting well. I don't know. I'm a little weary of whatever is going on there. Yeah, got to be. You got to be. Russ was killing them from the start of this game. Beal went off in the second half. Russ was really the one who came out and just crushed them early on. Yeah. I think he had like yeah. 20 in, in the first half, right? Yeah. His line is just insane because Beal was not, did not have a good first half at all. He was 35. 13 assists and 15 rebounds. I mean, that, that that's so, so fantastic. And he, he took five three-pointers tonight. I've been keeping an eye on that. Like, I, it does seem like he, he's he's dialed that back a little bit. And on the broadcast, they're talking about how much healthier he said that he was, like you had mentioned. Yeah, but um, he also got to line 11 times, mm-hmm. which is big for him. That's an important part of it. That was always an important part of his game when he was at his peak, who's right. getting in the line a lot. So that's good for them. I don't know that it matters. It's, they're they're so up and down, but it's a good win. Bad loss for Utah. They need to get it going. Uh, the other game that just ended before we started recording was Portland, New Orleans. Weird. This was a weird game. Really weird. Scoring. Um, yeah, Portland wins one hundred one ninety three, which is you because the way the Pelicans have played this year, if they hold a team to one hundred one, you think they're winning that game. Mm-hmm. And they, it's 93 points was not good. I, this was one that I, I only watched the first half because I turned on the T Wolves Suns for the second half, but the first, it looked like Dame was going to go for 70. Dame Mm -hmm. had 21 in the first quarter and he was hitting like fall away out of bounds threes. Like he looked like, it looked like he was about to be what, like an absurd, like one of those Dame nights. He finished with 38, but 21 of them were in the first quarter. Uh, But the Pelicans just couldn't couldn't do anything. They, Brandon Ingram had a bad game. Uh, Lonzo did not shoot the ball well. They just they just had a. It really just struck me as some. It wasn't. It really was not anything in from what I saw in the first half that Portland necessarily did defensively. That was that crazy. They just struggled. They were not hitting shots. I mean, Zion slid 26. He did his normal thing, but everyone else sort of struggled. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at the box score. You can see, I mean, Brandon Ingram had an awful game. 
And the two free throws are still concerned. Like when he's not shooting well, like he goes seven for 21 tonight, he's got to get to the rim. You know, he should be this. I mean, we've seen how talented of a scorer he is. So I would just like to see him like get himself to the line when he's struggling like this and do a little bit more. But it it is weird because their their offense has been putting up like 115 easily every night and to put up 93 against the Blazers who really don't scare anybody defensively. These guys just played each other too, right? Mm -hmm. Well, this, I I mean, the Pelicans um, blew that, that lead, right? Yeah. That that was the game. It was Dame time, but on an unorthodox Dame time with, he goes for 50 last night, two Uh, nights ago, two nights ago, I believe. I don't even remember, but yeah. 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 New Orleans blows a horrible lead, loses that game and now puts up 93. Um, The wheels seem like they're falling off a little bit. I, I mean, I don't know about that. Two games, but it's two bad losses. I mean, well, the, blowing the lead like that, blowing the lead is a is bad. I mean, Portland's a playoff team. The Pelicans are not. So losing twice to a playoff team is not necessarily bad losses. But the lo- the I mean, way the, they lost, the way they this, lost this, yeah. this this one is just weird. I, I think this is more of an anomaly because it, maybe I think they could score ten nine times out of ten. They hold a team to one hundred one. They're going to probably win that game. Mm-hmm. So I will reserve my, you know, my opinions on it until I see if they continue to struggle offensively because they haven't had a lot of bad offensive games like this. I'm just, they have the same record as the Thunder right now. Like this is fucking wild. Yeah, no, they've been disappointing for sure. Mm-hmm. But this is a different type of disappointing. Like this isn't – their problem this year has been defense. Mm-hmm. So this seems like a one-off game to me. If they start having more games like this where they can't score, then I'd be really concerned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, then they're going to be worse than the Kings. <laughs> yeah. So we will see. Then Portland now is what? Where are they at in the West? They're the sixth seed. Well, they're tied for the fifth seed with the Nuggets at 24 and 16. Right. And tied with the Clippers in the loss column. Yeah. Six Clippers, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll see how they continue. Dame is just Dame is Dame's averaging like thirty six since the All Star break. It's ridiculous. <laughs> he's just he's so damn good. I was watching that that first quarter and I was just like, as much as I don't like point guard, like I do, not that I dislike point guard, but that I just am like, I would never want to build a team around a point guard. He makes me every time I watch him play, he makes me rethink that. Mm-hmm. Well, he's the closest thing to Steph, and the you know what I mean, like with just yeah, how electric he is scoring the ball. I'm just like, you're. Pr- it's probably the wrong way to think about it. You're probably never winning a title with him as your best player. I just as good as he is, but he's pretty damn close, man. That I mean, that team can't win a title, but he's so damn good. He's just so good. He's and he's it's. Um, incredible to watch how good he is right now every night yeah the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news we dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy from big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the fed Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. 
I, who's ahead of him in the MVP race, honestly? Like LeBron, LeBron. Embiid. Maybe Jokic. Jokic. Yeah, he's right there. I mean, but the thing was, is, like, I don't know, man. People, that this is where the stat thing gets overhyped, right? Because why is Jokic ahead of Damian Lillard? He's on a better team, supposed to be a better team, and he's averaging close to a triple-double. Great. Dame's second in the NBA in scoring on a worse team, and they have the same record. So Jokic shouldn't be ahead of him, in my opinion. Yeah. If anything, Denver's a little bit disappointing right now. Mm-hmm. They're not as good as they could have been. They've had COVID and injuries and all that stuff. That's fine. But you're going to tell me that the guy, just because his, he's averaging close to a triple-double, his team is a little bit of a disappointment. He's probably not. I wouldn't call him an MVP leader. And I know everybody has him as an MVP, potentially as a leader, but I think Dame is definitely ahead, especially so with everything. Right that, I mean, I have him first in my heart. Okay. But – to be honest, it's like it's hard because Embiid's great. Embiid's having one of the best years, or probably the best year of his career. So is Ben Simmons. And not that Ben Simmons deserves to be in the MVP race, but that takes away from Embiid's performance a little bit. LeBron is having an incredible year, and the Lakers are great. But they did slip when Anthony Davis was out. Damian Lillard has been steady all year with CJ McCollum and Nurkic, without CJ McCollum and Nurkic, no matter what it is, full strength, totally depleted. This team is 24 and 16. There's no reason they should be. And it is whole, like almost wholly because this guy's averaging 30 a night and one of the most clutch players in the NBA. I don't know how there's a better argument for MVP than that. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's it's an airtight argument. It's just whether he's going to continue. If he continues to do it, then yeah, he's, he would get my vote. If, if they if they finish fifth in the West, right? Like but this, but then yeah. you, 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 but most other people would not give it to him. The media right. would give yeah. it to either LeBron or Joel Embiid. Yeah, Vegas I, would give it to LeBron right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, but I just to me the argument for Dame seems airtight in terms of what he, the way he's carrying this team right now. Yeah. And statistically, second in the league in scoring. But you wouldn't – like, if LeBron got it, like, that wouldn't be egregious, right? You just prefer Dame right now, right? Like – I, It wouldn't be egregious, but he's having – he's not – he, people – he's not having that – he's not having a better year. That's the, that's the thing. You know what I mean? Like, LeBron is not ha- – no one's having a better year statistically than Dame. Because we always go back and forth about, well, is it a stats thing or is it a value to your team or whatever? They're not. Neither of them are actually having a better year than Dame. They're having. Defensively, I mean, they're having comparable. No one cares about defense. No no one's giving you MVP because of defense. Well, I mean, like it's an all-around award. Like, okay, Russell Westbrook got MVP because of defense. James Harden got MVP because of defense. Like, guys don't get. They don't. They very rarely factor defense they should i mean but that we're talking about value okay but it's either statistically and they quantify stats by offense or it's are you the best player on the best team whatever but right now the blazers are 
three games behind both the Lakers and the Sixers. And Damian Lillard second in the NBA in scoring. Joel Embiid and LeBron might have better stats in other categories, but neither of them are having a better year scoring the ball. And he's carrying a team. He's only three games behind both of them. That is way worse than both those teams. So if LeBron got it, would it be egregious? Maybe not. But I still think Damian Lillard deserves it over both of them right now. Okay. So maybe it would be a little egregious because – like what is the Lakers are so good. And that's because of LeBron, of course, but the Lakers are so good. Is LeBron having that great of a year or is it now just really becoming a nostalgia? Like maybe like a, an Embiid earned... and well, depending on Embiid's health, but LeBron would get my vote and then Embiid would be second if he comes back healthy and then Lillard. But again, like, I, I think it's a tight race. Like LeBron is, his numbers are he led the he he he's averaging the same amount of points as he did last year. And he's last year he led the league in assists. This year he's averaging eight. His you know, he's a little bit more efficient from the field. He's averaging eight assists. His numbers are good. He's averaging 25, 8, and 8, which is I mean, it's great. But if he was 30 and he was averaging 25, 8, and 8. Would he be MVP or is it because he's 36 and he's having 25, eight and eight? I mean, I, I can't speak for other voters. I just think he's the most valuable player in the league like that. And then, yeah, but I you could, but that, but, but, but that's a different argument. Cause then he would, he would just be the MVP every year. Cause he's yeah, the most valuable I, player. With the, that. I'm just the saying most valuable player in the NBA every all. year. Yeah, yeah. I think he, he could have. I know that, but it never works that way. It, it, that the, I don't what even the, know. I'm just saying that's who I would vote for. But the name of the, the the name of the award is not what the award is. So you have to take what we think the award should be out of it when we talk about who we're going to vote for. Because you have to vote for who you like. You should vote for what the award actually is, and the award is most outstanding player. Well, it I is. Mean, there's no defined criteria. So if I had a vote, I could vote for who I think is the most valuable player. I'm not, like, I, I'm not, okay. I'm not talking I don't about even know what we're arguing about. No, I'm not talking about if you had a hypothetical vote, I'm talking about what gets voted on every year. It okay. doesn't value has, gets, has been taken out of the award for a long time because there's always a more value. Like there was a more valuable player than Russell Westbrook. There was a more valuable player than James Harden. If you're just saying that every year you're going to vote for the most valuable player, then yeah, the best player in the NBA would win MVP regardless of his stats. Okay. But that's, not, but, but that's not how that works. Like that's I'm not just, how, <laughs> saying if I had a, like, I would vote for LeBron. I don't know what, but you're saying you'd vote for him because he's the most valuable player, but he's the most valuable player every year. Yes. Yeah. And I'd vote for him every year. Yeah. But that's, but it doesn't, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. So you would vote for him any year, no matter what his team did, no matter like if, if they finish with a four seed this year and he averages 25 a game and Damian Lillard is second in the league in scoring and they, end, they end up with a five seed or a three seed or Joel Embiid averages 30 and 12 and they have the best record, you'd still vote for LeBron. Now, if, if the season ended that way, no, I would not vote for LeBron. So you're saying that you would vote for LeBron right now based on what he's doing right now, and what their team is doing right now. Yes. Right. But then, but you also just said you'd vote for LeBron every year because he's always the most valuable player because he's a bit like the, if you like 
he's put up these insane numbers every year. He's been incredibly valuable every year. So, right. I understand that, but it doesn't always get voted that way because the, because of what the definition of the award has changed. It's not just who's the most valuable player. Can we just move? I don't know what we're arguing anymore. So. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to understand what I'm, I'm, what I was trying to understand is you're voting. You, you're, I'm not sure why I'm, I'm trying to understand why LeBron's having a better season than Damian Lillard. Well, I, I mentioned defense and you shot that down. And then, I mean, is it out of the question that LeBron is the most valuable player in the league right now, or is it very close? And you think Dame has the edge like, a- uh, well, if honestly, if you're talking about like value to your team right now, I mean, yeah, LeBron is the most valuable player on, LeBron's the best player on the planet. But if Anthony Davis was healthy and you took LeBron off that team, they'd be a playoff team. If you took Damian Lillard off the Blazers, they'd probably be a top, they'd probably have a top five pick. So if you're just saying just straight value, then this year, Damian Lillard, based on that team, is probably more valuable. Okay. Just this this specific year. But that's not what they vote on. They're not voting on whether you, if you, the vote is not if you took a player off the team. Is it does it how would that team do that? They don't vote that the the vote isn't about that. The vote is about what they did and what their team is doing. Okay, I don't think I disputed that at any point. I just said if I had a vote, and then we, we got way off track. I, I don't know. No, I, we're not off track. I'm just trying. I, I like I'm. I was just trying to understand because I still I like you said you you said that Dame would be third for you, but you also said at the beginning that he was like one of, up there for MVP. I don't know. It was just a weird way. Yeah, no, I just it. said I had him third. That's, hmm. that's really it. Got it. Okay. Well, the Lakers just won and LeBron had, what do you finish with? 37, eight and six. That's pretty good. Yeah. That was a hell of a game. And this is a game that went a long way toward <laughs> flipping my Lonzo ball opinion. Cause he's so fucking fun to watch. He had a bad first half, but he was electric in the second half. I, th- I actually thought the Hornets were going to win this game based on the third quarter, um, but it looks like LeBron uh, finished his takeover. Because I think the third quarter started out 19-4. to Hornets, they made an insane comeback. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then LeBron just handled business down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, the best part about the Hornets right now is becoming their announcers, to be honest. Lamelo's great. But anybody who has league pass, it's almost worth it to have league pass to listen to the Hornets announcers. That guy, not Del Curry, Dell's fine. But the other guy, he is one of the most electric announcers on the planet. It's unbelievable. Who is it, dude? I, I, have no I don't even know who he is. I have no idea who he is. But like, he, he, he's the, he is the, the opposite of the rule of local announcers being complete dog shit. <laughs> because he just... Everything they do, he loses his mind. And he has like these crazy catchphrases. You should look it up. There's like people put out like super cuts of this guy. He just goes crazy. Um, it was like the other night, Gordon Hayward had a dunk that tied the game. And he was like, uh, he was like, come to lady. It's just like, what's happening? <laughs> it was very. Well, very then strange. I got gypped because I was watching NBA TV and they fed through the Lakers announcers who were pretty uh, whatever, but. I'll have to catch that next time. 
Yeah. Um, Charlotte's still, I mean, it's, it's interesting because the Hawks now, who I guess we could go to that game, the Hawks have won seven in a row and now they're creeping. They're just like, they're tied essentially with the Hornets and they're only a game up behind the heat. The, I mean, the East is so ridiculously tight. I, I like, I feel like it's much tighter than years past, but I, I don't know for sure. But like the four through eight seeds, it's within a game and a half right now. And it's like, I, I couldn't tell you. I genuinely, I don't know where the Hornets are going to finish, but they're, they're good. Like that's, I'm past that now where I wasn't sure if the Hornets were like just overachieving and, and, you know, just young guys playing out. but this is a really good team. So, I mean, I'm, do you think they're a playoff team? Like, do you think they're gonna they're gonna make the playoffs, or do you think they're too young to who the Hornets? Yeah, because I'm just looking at the Pacers. It's the Pacers who who scare me about catching them. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, they're the the thing is you have to remember to look at it in terms of the play in because yeah, that's true. They're they're, they're mean, gonna they're get that almost guarantee. I mean, they're almost certainly gonna be in the play in. So. Mm-hmm. Then it's just a matter of, and and to that end, there's probably a better chance that they're going to actually be part of the play-in and be more of a seven or eight, right? Unless Boston just has a complete collapse, like we think they could. Mm-hmm. But you would think Boston will creep back up, and now Atlanta is on a is on a roll. Yeah. So, but I think the Hornets will be there. They'll be in the mix. Um, but for the, for the, for the, the Hawks, they beat again, another shitty OKC team, but they beat OKC one sixteen ninety three, seventh in, in a row, still haven't lost a game since Nate McMillan took over. And this actually ties the longest win streak Nate McMillan had as a coach of the Pacers. Oh, wow. And he's only been their coach for seven games. <laughs> It's so amazing how like different pieces work differently with a different coach. I mean, it's got to be energy, right? And I mean, do you think schedule, they just really schedule didn't doesn't like, the schedule yeah. doesn't hurt? But yeah, because nobody was super low on Lloyd Pierce going into the year. It's not like I mean, and it just turns well, out he couldn't get these guys to play. Well, I guess publicly. I mean, like um, like us and people like looking at the Hawks, like right. nobody was like Lloyd Pierce's not up to it. Right. That's what I mean. Like public, like, but who knows what the players, but also we talk about like situation all the time too. It goes both ways for players and for the coach, but look, I mean, since Lloyd Pierce got fired, they, they obviously beat Miami in the first game, which is a good win, but it is the first game, but then it's Orlando, Toronto, Sacramento, Cleveland, Houston, Oklahoma. They basically played. That's a horrible outside of outside of Detroit. They played the four of the, worst teams in four of the five worst teams in the NBA mm-hmm. plus Toronto, who was decimated this sure time, right? didn't have six of their coaches. Mm. Um, and then Orlando who's decimated. So again, it's great. They're playing great. It's great to see Nate McMillan succeed. I love seeing that. Uh, but now they're in for now they're now it starts. Now they have that road trip. Yeah. Oh, they, that insane road trip, right? Yeah. Well, they, they play at, the Lakers on Saturday. And that's the first game of this eight game West coast road trip for them. Pretty brutal. And the, and 
the Lakers, I mean, they're, they're tightening up. I mean, they're obviously not as good as they are without or with Anthony Davis, but they're playing really well right now. Yeah. So that's, this is like that, that's a big time, like barometer game for me for the Hawks. Well, this, yeah, I, I mean, it's three, regular it's, season. So it's but. three, it's, it's an afternoon game in LA. It's at three 30. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess this trip is more of a, Oh, but actually, I don't know, man. Is this trip even a barometer? This is a really tough trip for any team. Well, yeah, but I mean, if they come out of it five and three or something, then oh, we're well, like, then oh, yes. the Hawks are the absolute real deal. Okay, if they, yeah, if they come out with a winning record, then yes, I would be like, yeah, you could say they're more of the real deal. But if they also, but if they go two and eight, or, or if they go two and six, are we like, oh, no, they're not the real deal? Like, it's still. Yeah, I guess it depends how, I mean, if they get you know, shitted on like multiple times, maybe, but. But even yeah. if they lost seven of these games, they would still be losing to seven teams that are clearly just better than them this year. Yeah. So wow. it's 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 hard to say. But yes, if they win five, or even if they, look, it, it, I'll treat it the way I treated Miami with that 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 road trip that they went on. They went on a West Coast road trip before, um, the break. Yeah. And when they were really struggling, and I was like, if they go four and three, this is that's huge. And they ended up winning. They lost the first one, lost three in a row. They won the first one, lost three in a row, and then won three in a row, and ended up four and three. Mm-hmm. If Atlanta comes off this road trip four and four, it's a it's a huge win. Yeah, and then I mean, they could be. I mean, I just feel like these standings in the East are going to change rapidly, and like distance will be created quickly. You know, so like if they can come come out of this four and three, like they might have a solid hold on that five seed or that six seed instead of being like a half game up on on. Uh, the eight seed you know yeah and then because like once they get through this stretch because they get to come back and play new orleans and memphis then their schedule the rest of the way i mean they have tough games they play milwaukee twice they play philly twice but they also have houston orlando they have washington twice they have chicago who's up and down they have detroit another Orlando. so they have orlando twice toronto who's still like they have a lot of winnable games like they could win a ton of games once they get off this road trip, they're set up to do pretty well. Mm-hmm. I'll be interested. What we should actually look at is so April 2nd is the last game of that road trip. We should check Tankathon after that road trip and see what their strength of schedule is. Cause I bet it, it goes way down. Yeah, completely. Yeah. I mean, they're going to get all these big time teams out of the way. Yeah. I mean, even though they still will have two versus Milwaukee and two versus Philly, which will be two of the best records in the NBA. But mm-hmm. still, and they have Phoenix, but they have a lot of bad teams on there too. But yeah, again, this seven game win streak is so hard to even say. Right. Because it does say something though, so too, like when you get these stretches in your schedule against terrible teams to handle all of them, you know, like that. I mean, that's that's a, a good, I mean, mm-hmm. good for Nate McMillan and, and these guys. I just wonder, man, if they never lost DeAndre Hunter. And they yeah. just kept playing the way they were playing. And then they got to this stretch. Yeah, where is he? Could have been. Like, he's been out a while now, right? Knee. He had a knee thing. Yeah. Okay, he'll go through a four-on-four scrimmage. He went through a, a scrimmage this week, so that's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. OKC is... Oh, OKC is bad. Yeah, that's it's pretty bad, much all that needs to be said. Bad, bad situation out there. Not much more to say. Yeah. Even with 17 wins, it's like, 
How did the the human Wi-Fi password do? Oh, he played all right. Did he play? I didn't even see. Oh no, he played hard. Sorry, he went over to. I was looking at someone. He was over two in sixteen minutes. So they're seventeen and the, right now they're seventeen and twenty four. I could man, it's tough because I just like Houston's not going to win a ton of games, but I could see them finishing with the second or third worst record in in the West at this point. I could see I them mean, have going on a major losing streak here. We got to think Houston will be a little bit better with Christian Wood back. And Minnesota is um, obviously playing well. Yeah. I don't know if Minnesota is catching the Thunder seven games, but I would imagine the Pelicans will jump them. Uh, the Kings are should be good enough to jump them with six. They, they're only a game behind them right now. Mm-hmm. But the even the Rockets, it's just like even if they start playing better, six, they're six so, wins is a lot for them. Yeah, yeah, to make up because the Thunder should be really low. Like they're they're boning themselves. Because yeah, they should have a top three pick this year. And mm-hmm. as of right now, they would be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They would be ninth in the draft order right now. I, Before the lottery. Obviously, I they have to do wish, a lottery. I wish I could see Sam Presti's face when he like every time he looks at that. How furious he must be. Isn't that crazy? Wait, actually, no. Hold on. One, two, three. Four, yeah, yeah. So they'd be ninth, but the Raptors not far behind, or the Pacers. Yeah. So like they could also be a, <laughs> they could be ahead of those. Like they could fall out of the top ten the way yeah. they they've been playing. That's nuts. Good job, Sam Presti. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. The last game from tonight before we head into the weekend, it was the uh, the Knicks who survive, I guess, the Magic. And the ending of this game was – it's weird because the Knicks, I guess, are fun to watch because it's just interesting to see the Knicks succeed. And they have some fun players. Like Julius Randle had 18 points, 17 assists, 10 rebounds. But they're also kind of boring. Like it's slow. They don't push the pace. It's low scoring. They don't have very good players. And like in this one, Alfred Payton was out. Quickly was out. Derrick Rose was out. They didn't even really have a point guard. Um, they still, but they play such good defense. Like their games are interesting in the end because they're always close because their defense. And the way this game ended was fun. Well, well, was kind of fun. Reggie Bullock, they were up um, by one. Yeah, they were up 94-93. Reggie Bullock turned the ball over to give it back to Orlando. Orlando called a timeout. And then Reggie Bullock got a steal to seal the game. Okay, I saw the steal. I didn't know he had turned the ball over right before that. Yeah. yeah good for him. We got to talk about Julius Randle's line. Like, Jesus Christ. I just I think said he, 18, 17, and 10. He, I saw, I forget whether it was on Twitter, but that's the most assists in Knicks history from someone other than a guard, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, he's. I, I just love talking about how good of a season he's having. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, he should – I know Jeremy Grant will get most improved, but Randall should be in the mix too. I feel yeah. like he, he does I, look night and day kind of like he's always been a good player, but he looks so fucking good right now. Well, I mean, it's just, I mean, it, to me, it's just like similar to like, how do you quantify MVP the with most improved? Like there should be something to be said that even though your stats aren't as improved, 
look at the improvement in one of the worst franchises in the last 20 years, you know, they're, they went from a a laughing stock to a playoff team and then mainly in part because of him. I don't see what what makes you more improved than that. And he's never played on a good team. Right. That that will be interesting to see if he gets votes because it isn't like the, the type of guy that normally gets this award, but I'm with you that he should get some votes. Well, because he's always been a big stat guy, mm-hmm. but he's always been a big stat guy on bad teams. Now he's a big stat guy, and they're solid. Yeah. They beat bad teams. They lose to good teams, which is fine. You know? um, all right. I think, that's, I think that's it. There wasn't really any uh, trade news or any buzz that I saw this year or today. Other yeah, than, I didn't see any. Other than guys – other than teams saying guys won't be traded. The Raptors are telling teams they're not trading Lowry. Um, John Collins is supposedly unlikely to be traded. Um, I guess the, the Warriors are interested in Oladipo, but they're, but the Rockets are asking for either a, like a high level asset or James Wiseman, something like that. No, are you serious? I saw some kind of report like that. My God. I also saw a heat, um, Interested in Spencer Dinwiddie, which is an interesting one. I like that. He's not. He's out for the year. You figure you wouldn't have to give up much, right? Or how? What? Like, I mean, I don't know, dude. He's pretty valuable. I mean, he's going to be a free agent, so I guess maybe they wouldn't have to give up much. But Mm -hmm. but it's like a very serious injury, so like that would be built. He'll be back. I think he'll be fine. But it's serious that he's out this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't think I think it's one of those ones. It's ACL, right? I think it's one of those injuries where people just assume he'll be back and be fine. Like that he'll okay. be okay. Yeah. So I don't think it lowers his trade value in that sense. I think the fact that he's on an expiring deal um, and that almost certainly you would imagine the Nets don't plan on paying him what mm-hmm. he's, what his value would be in the market. Yeah. So maybe they would be willing to just take what they could get, but also like Miami, you're playing so good right now and you have a shot to win the East, like legit shot. Obviously, Brooklyn is the team, but you have a chance amongst all the other teams. Are you willing to give up a young player who's an important piece to your team to get him? Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't right now, for sure. Um, I'd give up a first-round pick for him. Yeah, if you're the Heat, yeah. I mean, your your first-round pick's going to be pretty late for the next, you would assume, next five or six years. But anyway. actually, that being, that being said, the Heat are pretty good at drafting late in the draft. I mean, the Heat are mm-hmm. one of the better drafting teams. So yeah. I think I would still do it. I'd do it first for Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. Think. God, if, if he was, he would be great for them if they had, if he was playing. Mm-hmm. They need a guy who can just go get some buckets, not reliant yeah. on the way they play. Uh, all right, that's it. That is it for the weekend. Alex, enjoy your vacation. Thank you. Going to the Poconos. 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 Hopefully there's no pack drops while I'm up there. Jeez, we didn't even talk about the disappointment that is NBA Top Shot. But Yeah, that's – well, we don't need to get into that because that's yeah. that'll be a whole – we'll be here for another two hours and I got to mm-hmm. go to sleep. Yeah. So Alex will be back in a week. I'll be back Monday with – uh who actually who is sunday oh let me double check because i have a few guys that are going to be i already said uh the sneaker king 
is one, but he'll be on trade deadline day. So that'll be good next Thursday. And then Jabari Davis, who is one of the hosts of Dunks and Discourse on Blue Wire, is going to be co-hosting Sunday night. Very cool. I will, and I'll then, go to listen. Um, and then next Wednesday, after the Bucks Celtics game, which is the biggest game that night, and also the day before trade deadline, Ty Windish, who's also a host for Blue Wire, he hosts the Hero Step podcast, which is all about the Bucks. He's going to come on talk Bucks Eastern Conference trade deadline stuff. Beautiful. So, I might not have a job in two weeks. We'll see. Yeah, anything's possible. I still have to <laughs> fill out Monday and Tuesday. So maybe if those end up being solo deuces, then maybe you'll just be Monday, Tuesday. Guy. Okay. <laughs> Or I guess I should say Tuesday, Wednesday, because whatever. Recording on Monday, Tuesday. All right, guys. Have a good weekend. I will see you all next week. Later. Later. Later.